Hello, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Mic Conversations of Hope. I hope you're all having a great week. This topic today uh, is something that I wanted to make sure that we really emphasized because I had no idea living in small city Ohio that this was really, truly happening in my area. And our guest today, Alexa James, who is the executive director of Blanket Fort Hope down in Birmingham, Alabama, has really revealed some just incredible statistics and some some insight into child trafficking that just absolutely blew my mind. If you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, or if you're a teen, you really need to set aside about 45 minutes and listen to this episode. Listen to the wisdom and the insight that we get from Alexa. Last week, we talked about pornography. That works hand-in-hand with child trafficking, so you're going to hear about that. The two weeks before that, we talked about abortion. Next week, we're going to talk to U.S. Olympic gold medalist Scott Hamilton. So make sure you put that on your list. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. We've got some great episodes coming up. We hope that you'll join us. Now sit tight and listen to Alexa James as she talks about the important topic of child trafficking. Okay, with me today on our episode is Alexa James. And Alexa, you are uh, with Blanket Fort Hope. And I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us what you guys do. Thank you for having us uh, on, on the podcast. We're really excited. Uh, so Blanket Fort Hope is an agency that works with minor victims of human trafficking. And we'll discuss a little later the difference between minor and adult trafficking victims. Um, we do education. Uh, that is a huge component of, of our services. We also do a lot of advocating on the state level um, where we help pass legislation for bills uh, for training and also for we, we just got one passed for CDL license that we're excited about mm. but our our big mission uh, is that we are going to be uh, building a crisis center for child victims of human trafficking uh, we are in the middle of a capital campaign as we speak uh, on that project and we're very excited about it we're working closely with DHR um, in that process and a crisis center uh, really to be the first uh, as far as I know in the United States on the crisis center side of it um, where we will be able to stabilize a child who's been trafficked for 60 to 90 days and hopefully that will keep them from running away like they usually do when they get um, maybe when they've been rescued or put into a home mm. or to a foster care, because if they're not stabilized, we can't help them. You know, we've sure. got to make sure they're free from drugs, STDs, um, and we've got a very specific trauma uh, counseling that we'll be working with. It's a trauma-based uh, counseling. And then from there, we'll move into our cottages, which is a therapeutic foster homes that will be on our property. So we're really excited, you know, um, about, we're not excited that we have to do it, but we're excited that we've gotten to our third piece of, and which is the housing piece of getting this up and going so that we can help these kids uh, live a life of freedom and uh, learn about their Savior and, and who, that's where their healing is going to come from. So yeah. we're excited about that. Well, what I love about Blanket Fort Hope is that you guys are very Christ-centered, and like you just said, um, that's where the healing is really going to take place is, is uh, through that faith 
uh, in Jesus Christ. So, Amen. yeah, and you guys are based in Birmingham, Alabama. That's right. Um, however, we will serve any child that comes our way. They don't just have to be from Alabama. Okay. Um, I, I do believe that that's going to be uh, the largest, probably the largest number of children will, will come from our state in the beginning sure. um, until more people learn about us. You know, and I think that we're going to have to expand. Uh, there's just less than 600 beds in the United States for child victims of human trafficking. Wow. And there's just not enough information out there on this problem. And, you know, we've just gotten really uh, just got up to date on what's happening and for people to really believe because they haven't really wanted to hear about it. And mm. I think uh, since children don't self-identify, it's hard to quantify the numbers. But we are beginning to be able to do that better. Wow. So yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm reading from your website. Your mission is to love and care for child trafficking victims through housing, services, and long-term commitment. Um, right. And to prevent children from becoming victims by educating children, professionals, and the general public about human trafficking. Now, I have to be honest. I, I don't know a lot about this. I've heard here and there. I hear, you know, that, you know, it happens. We we live where I'm at. I live right on an interstate uh, mm-hmm. that goes from from northern Michigan all the way down to Florida. And so, you know, all along the way at exits, there are hotels, there are truck stops, there are things like that. And we don't often believe that it's happening right in our communities. But can you elaborate on how big this problem is? Because we tend to think that it's just somewhere else. Yeah, no, it's in the United States. It's it's a multi-billion dollar industry. We are the fastest growing crime in the United States. um, Mm -hmm. And we are the second largest crime in the United States of America. And yes, the freeways are a uh, just a hot spot because it's easy on and off. Sure. Um, you've got your motels, like you said. You've got your truck stops, as you said. And I mean, it's like you said, with 75, you go almost you know from Ohio down to Florida. And then I-20 is the same way for us. You know, it's practically across the state the other way. Right. Um, and so we, we are in a crosshairs, really, mm. um, with where we're at. So we... I-20 is, has been said to be the super highway of human trafficking. And I mean, we come from Atlanta to Texas, and then we have 85, you know, going down through Montgomery into Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that we did was we advocated for some bills this past summer, and one of them in the state of Alabama is that anyone getting their CDL license will have to be trained in human trafficking. And for people that don't know what that is, it's just for truck drivers. They have to yeah. get their CDL license. So right. we hope that that just becomes very synergistic um, yeah. since they'll be traveling throughout the, the United States. but. But yes, the problem is huge. There's not enough bed for children. Uh, people don't want to recognize it because it's too horrific of a problem. Yeah, it and is. that's understandable. But you know, we uh, doing evil is one thing, but not doing something about evil is another thing. And so, <laughs> yeah, you're you're exactly right. So I, let's start from the basics here. I want to ask you some questions that honestly I don't know the answers to. One of them is very, very simple, and probably for most people listening right now, again, this is something that we don't often think about, but it's so prevalent all around us. What exactly is human trafficking? There are three types of human trafficking. There is labor trafficking, there's sex trafficking, and then there's organ trafficking. Um, Where there's labor trafficking, there is always going to be sex trafficking. Sex trafficking... And if, if 
that's what you're being bought for doesn't always necessarily intrude, uh, include labor trafficking. It may mm-hmm. just be that it's for sex trafficking. Organ trafficking, I'm sorry, I can't tell you enough about that. I do know this, that we do have a problem in the United States with harvesting organs to sell. Um, And a lot of this is so underground. I mean, I think once Mm. we really start getting some numbers, we're going to start learning so much more. But typically when that happens, there's nobody to rescue any longer. Um, Sure, yeah. So we typically deal, we, we stick with the sex trafficking of minors because we know if they're being labor trafficked, they're going to be sex trafficked at night. So right. uh, we'll, the healing will be the same. Yeah, it's hard to believe. You know, you see movies and, and stuff on TV uh, about the sex trafficking, but what types of ages? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at um, some statistics here, and I want you to tell me whether these sound even reasonable. Right. Um, 99% of human trafficking victims are never identified. That is absolutely correct. We And, wow. you know, when we give out numbers here in our state, that's what we talk about. And, again, so much of it is due to asking the right questions. Sure. Most of the time you see this problem, person is a drug addict, a runaway, a high-risk child, and even moving into adults. That's what you're – they're just prostituting is what's said. Yeah. And I think the thing I would love for people to keep in the back of their heads at all times is a child never self-identifies. So if Mm. they do get picked up, many times they're just a a bad child is the way they're looked at, and they throw them in the system. Sure. And then we're finding out when we interview and work with them, you know, after a while, especially if they're in foster care, we had a a child that was adopted by one of their foster families that had been trafficked, but she was just deemed as a high-risk child because she did drugs. She got caught Mm. stealing. So in our state, we've got a task force that has actually started working from the top down. They're, they're working human trafficking down instead of bad child up. And so right. we're having really a great success with that. So, yes, that's why we are those numbers are like they are. There's just not enough information out there. Now, I, I would think, too, you know, you talked about the, the more at-risk child, yeah. uh, whether it's foster care, you know, drugs, things like that. But those are not the only ones that are being trafficked right now, though. Is that correct? I mean, are you looking at... That is uh, correct, yes. You know, the kids from white-collar, high-income neighborhoods, things like that, they're they're vulnerable, too. Is that right? Yes, and I think, you know, there there is no economical difference uh, in, in whether a child's going to be trafficked or not. Now, if you have a, uh, you know... There are going to be areas where they're more more vulnerable because of their situation. They may sure. need food. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of drugs going on. But there's, you know, kids in a lot of these upper echelons, they're just, they're so naive. They're just a great target yeah. to be trafficked. That's crazy. Um, so, you know, people just, they need to know the signs. They need to know who their kids are talking to on the Internet. You don't know mm. if you're talking to a 40-year-old or a 15-year-old. That's right. You know, and then these kids... Uh, they think somebody's fallen in love with them. They end up going to meet sure. them, and they end up being a forty-year-old or or even a twenty-eight-year-old. Yeah, you know that's going to make a lot of money off of them. Yeah, and that's really what it amounts to, right? This is all about money. You said it's it all was about in money. the billions of dollars. Yeah. So, Mike, um, you don't have a face to me anymore. You're just a, com- a commodity. Exactly. I just yeah. see you as money, and that's the way I try to tell people to look at this: is they're not looking at the child as even a person any longer. They're looking at them as a commodity. Yeah. 
And I want to talk about our, in our last episode, we, we did, we talked about the topic of pornography and, and it's, it's not coincidental that we, we followed up with that, um, yeah. with this show on, on trafficking because there is a connection there. And, and we want to talk about that in a little bit. Okay, so another statistic I have here is the average life expectancy of a victim in human trafficking is seven years. Yes, and the reason that is, if you think through a child being raped 20 uh, to 20 times a day, plus being injected with drugs constantly, you know, there's times and points where they're starved, uh, they're tied up to their beds, they're beat, just Mm. so that they will learn to be obedient. and. So nobody's little body is going to be able to hold up to that sure. for long. And, you know, yeah. STDs will kill you if you're not getting them looked after. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of suicide, uh, drug overdoses, um, because sometimes that's the only way out for that person. Or they think it is their only yeah. way out. Right. So, yes. So 300,000 teens become victims of human trafficking every year. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Oh that is goodness. correct. Every year, we're talking a multi-billion-dollar industry, and so, yeah. you know, in the United States, and people, you can go look on the missing, um, missing child uh, website. That's in Washington. Uh, they say that every thirty seconds, a new child is missing in the United States. Well, mm. that's in an hour's time. That's sixty kids. Now, are all those kids going to be trafficked? Most likely not. Or half. Hmm. We don't know. Where are they? Who are they? Um, So the 300,000 children are based a lot on that and what we've learned. And again, this is so underground. I don't even think that that's a quarter of the right number, but that's what we're going to stick with because that's what we know right now. And the average age of entry into sex trafficking, 11 to 14? It is. And there's been some arguments about that. So, you know, we... We have assisted with kids as as young as five. Mm, My goodness. And that's familiar trafficking. That's where the family's trafficking them is usually Mm. where that is. And, you know, 15, 16, 17, 14, 12, it's all over the board. So that's just uh, average age, I would say, is 11 to 15 um, years. Uh, You know, but again, since we have so little, we have so little information I mean, there's just not many people doing it in the United States. And they're putting these kids in these general homes, and they're not listed as human trafficking until they find out later, and it's not always put in the books as human trafficking. Wow. I mean, it's a $150 billion industry in the world. That's a lot. That is crazy. It's just hard to believe. Yeah. I guess another – I guess the biggest question I have is how in the world does this happen? Yeah. So, Internet's one of the ways. Um, I'll give you a little, for instance, story. We we have an Alabama-mandated human trafficking task force every year, and we have different people come in. And we had a computer forensic guy come in from one of the major universities here. Mm -hmm. And he had tracked that there was an event supposedly going on in in Atlanta. um, And they put out that you could win free tickets if you did a certain thing, and it was all social media. And it was more targeted for young college students or kids old enough to drive. And I think we had four people from our state that ended up winning that. And it's been a while back, so I'm just going to kind of give you the bones of the story. But they ended up, they went to Atlanta. When they got there, they were told, congratulations, you get to spend the night too. 
um, and and you get to go to the concert tomorrow night. So they put them in a motel that evidently had been paid off. And in the middle of the night, they raided their rooms. They stole their phones. They tied them up and they put them back in the back of an 18-wheeler. Mm. And since they took the phones, they weren't able to track. But there was one girl who put her phone off in her underwear. And just through meeting with the families, they were able to get you know her phone number. Every, every child's phone was definitely tried often. But this one, they were able to get a ping off of it because they turned it back on. Wow. And they were in Miami when they actually um, found the truck, and oh they goodness. were getting ready to sell them, um, you know, out of our out of the United States for trafficking. So I think that we've got to be more aware of who we're talking to. Porn is just something that just fuels the fire. You mm-hmm. know, who's doing those? Where are they coming from? I can assure you that there's many, many, many of those girls that are not. They don't want to be there. We've we had a child that was um, rescued, not here in our state, but she was 15, and she was actually um, trafficked through Pornhub. Wow! So you just you know people and they don't see that and they they don't understand that this is desensitizing their brains yeah. um, to want more, to see more, to have more, and they don't care because they're driven by sex and the fuel that pornography is causing in the United States of America is just horrendous. So it's spinning out of control because we, again, we talked last week about pornography and how that affects, how it affects your mind and physically changes your brain. Yes. Um, but it also creates that desire for more and, and bigger and so on. And, and so, uh, and that's where the sex trafficking comes in is for, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, younger children, um, things like that, and and is it is it true that porn industry then uses? You said Pornhub, which is a uh, pornographic website. Yes. And you're saying that that child trafficking connects with that site. So these children. Yes. Are, yeah. Wow. I mean, we definitely wow. believe that. I mean, also, you know, we see um, even through runaways. You know, a child's going to be approached on the street within 24 hours because they know that they need a place to sleep. They know that they need food. Sure, yeah. The, you know, the yeah. child may not necessarily understand that at first, but they're they're going to think that person's taking care of them, and they do for a few days. Yeah. And then oh, they yeah, tell sure. them they owe them. And it could be just a simple, I'm mad at my parents' runaway, or it could truly mm-hmm. just be a child who runs away. I mean, it. Right. just because a child just ran away that one night doesn't mean that they're not going to be approached by a trafficker. Um, yeah. You need to know where your kids are. You need to know who they're talking to. It's our business to know that. I know people are like, well, I want to give them their space. I'm not saying you yeah. don't give them their space, but you know, we didn't grow up in the internet world, and it is definitely difficult for these kids to figure out how to navigate that properly, especially if they don't have um, any parental guidance you know, to help them, because most people don't understand the danger of it. Yeah, we. I have a 17 year old daughter and a 16 year old son, and we we have tried to drill into their brains that that you know sharing your location and and just connecting with people who you don't know on social media 
is not a good, healthy thing because you never know who's watching. You never know who's tracking. And you know that the typical response is going to be, mm-hmm. oh, come on, mom. Oh, come on, dad. But really, it is our job to protect them in that way because yes. really the Internet, I mean, let's face it, the middle 90s is when it really started to kick in. It's not yeah. that old. And, and, and people, we talked about the porn industry and how they're so good at using this new technology, even creating yes. technology. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, whatever, we, we talked about this too, it was whatever God has created for good, Satan's going to pervert that. And that's what he's yes. doing, um, yeah. you know, with our technology and things like that. Um, it, it, is, it is a parent's responsibility. Uh, we want to give our kids freedom. But we also we first need to protect them, yeah. And uh, whether they understand it or not, well, and, you're and it's some not great up to examples. them to understand it. That's why we're their it's parents, not. you know. That's right. And yeah. people always, uh, you know, when they ask me, I mean, like with my kids, and I have two really big boys, one six five and one six four, <laughs> and they are big boys. And uh, one thing I always tell people is, I I wasn't ever like mean or big, bad to the bone or anything, but I was always at their school. I knew yeah. who their oh, teachers yeah. were. I worked all the events, and I asked a lot of questions. Yeah. No matter what it was, I asked a lot. I knew the print. I knew everybody. So I would be somebody probably that you wouldn't want to mess with their kids just because, just because I asked a lot of questions. I would be a problem. I'd be somebody that would dig too deep, and I would go do anything. I think all parents would, but you know, I would be I would be known for that. And so I think that's just that's it's just a small such a small piece, you know, for just to be involved with what's going on. Ask questions. You have the right to ask the coach that question. You have the right to ask a principal that question. Um, And if they get upset, that's their problem, not yours. That's right. Mike, one of the things I want to say to you asked me about what is human trafficking. I think it's really important for uh, the audience to understand that when there's a, a minor involved, the use of force, fraud, or coercion does not have to be proved at mm. all because there is going to be force, there's going to be fraud, and there's sure. going to be coercion. But with it being a minor, we know that no child is going to want to sell themselves, whether it's for food or housing, they're going to be forced into it. So that right. does not have to be proved for it to be a human trafficking case. Wow, that's good. That's a new, that's a about the past, maybe in 2009 or eight, that was passed. So that's been a huge. Yeah. A huge help in helping us to identify more kids. Now, I want to touch on something that you said a little bit earlier with the example you gave of the girls who won the contest, went to Atlanta, and they ended up being found in Miami. Now, you you know that the movie Taken, I've I've been thinking about this a lot (laughs) uh, because we saw it and it it tends to stick in your head. I mean, I I know it's Hollywood, but so I want to ask you a two part question is, first of all, why were they in Miami? Were they going to be uh, taken out of the U.S.? And number two, along the taken lines, is does that really happen, whether it's in the U.S. or outside the U.S.? Yeah. Don't we all wish we had a Liam Nelson? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and it was boys and girls that were taken, not just not just girls. It was boys as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't. I can't sit here and say for certain. Uh, that some of them probably would have stayed in Miami, but most mm-hmm. of those would have been sold out of this out of the U.S. Um, that's an easy port, you know, to, to, with sure. all that so many people there. But there's yeah. a big underground in Miami, you know, that they it's just a hot spot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it can be like that. I mean, 
it's the blonde hair blue-eyed girl that's a high dollar young kids are a high dollar and there's uh, there's uh, people could have been asked to find these girls and are pimps that's what they do and they find mm-hmm. them they get a high dollar and they'll go out and sell them like kind of like wow. taken yeah um i you know i hate to use that because it was so so dramatic but it does oh happen. sure yeah um I mean, I've heard all kind of stories. I've, I interview people, and I had a girl that worked at a really big company here that just beautiful. And when I was talking to her, she was in their marketing. She said when she was in Mexico, she had somebody, she goes, I never thought about it. She started crying. She goes, I think I was targeted. She wow. said, I had a lady come up to me. She's thankful her mother was with them. They didn't just let them go by themselves, thankfully, for their senior trip. Yeah. And she asked her to put on the ball cap. And she told her, wear the ball cap, wear the ball cap, because somebody's trying to get you. And she didn't know what to think about that. So she put the ball cap on. And then she got to thinking about it. She said, that's just weird, and took it off and threw it away. But they were targeting her. The girl with the ball cap is who they would have gone to get. Wow. I mean, you just don't know what's going on and who you're talking to. Yeah. It's unfortunate. You know, I, I don't want people to live in fear because what I want to do is leave you with hope. Absolutely. Um, the hope that we have more knowledge to what to look for. We don't want to live in fear. God tells us not to look, live in fear, so we're That's not right. going to do that. But we're going to be more um, educated on what we need to do. Okay, so I want to touch on, uh, you know, we talked about the interstates and, and so on. So, and, and we also mentioned truck stops, rest areas, hotels, motels. So I, I've, I've also, in my research, I've, I've learned that um, there is more... Uh, the trucking industry is now working on uh, helping them to recognize, and you talked about the CDL licenses for uh, truck drivers. I, I read that Marriott International has That's successfully right. trained like half a million hotel mm-hmm. workers across the United States, or actually 7,000 hotels, to recognize signs for sex trafficking. And then uh, I even see here that at the end of January, UPS announced it would also begin training delivery drivers to look for signs, too. Yes. How how do we spot human trafficking? What do we look you know, for? It's, and I think a lot of people get, when, when we talk about this, too, that's another point where they're like, well, wonder if I'm making a mistake. Well, I would rather you make a sure. mistake than right. walk away. You know, if you're at a gas station and you see someone in the bathroom or going to the bathroom and there's they're scared, they won't look you in the eye. Um, they're dressed hypersexually, you know, and they're fearful and you can tell. I mean, you can ask a question and they may tell you off, but that would be another sign. And so I would follow that person. I wouldn't follow them out the door, but I would make sure some way or the other I got the tag number of the car that they got in and I would report that. I think that would be, you know, if you see somebody walking around in the mall or salons or a big place that need to be trained because they're going to keep these girls looking good, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the biggest stuff I tell people is if somebody else is talking for somebody else during a conversation the whole time and the person will not look you in the eye, um, you notice unusual dressing or unusual tattoos or a big telltale sign. And lots now there's uh, a lot of these pimps will tattoo their names onto the male or female, and that's a branding where they wow. belong to them. Um, wow. So that's a big sign. Daddy, the word daddy's a big sign tattooed um, on their body somewhere. And lots of times there's um, 
there's code bars across the back of their neck. So the tattoos are a really telltale sign, but I think more than anything, um, if you're a healthcare worker, some of the questions we ask if somebody brings that child in and claims to be a parent, and the child never says a word to you, and you just see all these broken signs of bruising and um, the tattoos and how they're dressed, they look hungry, they don't look hungry, they're scared. You know, lots of times we they're just told they're hot, they just are a bad child, or they might be in for their second abortion. Ask the questions. Why? Yeah. You know, get them away. Take them to get a, a CAT scan, and then you can ask them the right questions, and then you're not even guaranteed you're going to get an answer, the right answer. Yeah, but you can right. turn that in to someone. Um, and I think, you know, these, these kids are not just on the street. They're in our churches. They mm-hmm. are they're in our schools. Cause just because of traffic does not always mean, human trafficking does not necessarily mean movement. Um, it means that you're being sold. That's all it means. Yeah. And that, that could mean through internet pictures. It could mean through somebody selling you out of their house for drugs, not money. It could mean for food. Yeah. Um, it could mean, you know, we see a lot of familiar trafficking is where they bring people in or where they're doing internet, live internet sexual favors and they're being paid for. And lots of time you see children's being trafficked that way. That's the familiar trafficking. Yeah, I have a, a note here that victims of sex trafficking are often groomed for abuse by for pornography. Um, they're taught what they're expected to do um, at the request of the buyer. I mean, this is just so bizarre to me that this can happen in our country. Um, yeah. But to know for and to look for those signs and in, in some of those obvious places like the truck stops and rest areas and hotels and places like that, but but not just those places. Um, yeah, I mean, it can be anywhere. I mean, it could be in yeah. a restaurant. Um, yeah. You know, there's a, a movie, too. I'm going to send you a video uh, I think that you should look at from the victim's point of view. And then from mm, the, yeah. and they're both just five minutes, but they would be maybe be real helpful. I, I'm sorry I didn't think of that before. Well, um, we can put those on. Uh, we'll, we'll have some, some resources on our show notes. And if we can link to those, that would be great. Yeah, I'll just send you the link or send those. I'll drop them in your Dropbox. Yeah, that would Might be, be great. Best. I'll send you. I'll send you a link. Um, there's a, a movie out that people can go look up. It's called Eight Days, mm-hmm. and this we we actually sh- um, we did a showing of this movie, 2014 maybe. And it's a true story uh, of a young lady who was 16 and lived in a very expensive neighborhood in in Texas. Had a, a mom that owned a restaurant and just a well-to-do family. And they really kept their eye on her. She was not allowed to date at 16. And anyway, her best friend was a boy. um, And they loved him to death. But he was approached by a football player at the school to to find a way to bring this girl to the party that they were having. And he and they, you know, he said, "Well, why would you want to do that?" He goes, "Because we just like her. Somebody wants to meet her." And they they paid him off to do that. And wow. so he did not know that she would be harmed. It was still wrong, but he accepted the money and finally talked her mother and daddy into letting her go for two hours, three hours. And what had happened was there was a pimp, gorgeous-looking man, beautiful car, paid a couple of the football players off with thousands of dollars and drugs. If they mm. would get a certain girl, they gave the look, 
to him. And so within five minutes that she had been drugged, her cup had been drugged and uh, he took her. And she wow. just had a lot of tenacity that she was able, she was able, um, it may be six days. I'll have to look that up and send it to you. But she was able to get away. Um, and she had two females with her. One was called the top and one was called the bottom. And the bottom was the one who actually kept her clean and kept her drugged up. And then mm-hmm. the other girl was the one that just was the helper. And she, at some point during all this, they had literally had to hold her up. She couldn't even walk. She'd been raped so many times. Wow. And her mother had a lot of pull and was at the police department every hmm. um, every day. But anyway, the girl, the story's phenomenal. At, and, and you would never think this would happen that way. But these sure. guys are just so uh, ingenious on how they, they work like we do, Mike. They. Yeah. Um, 24-7, though, and that's what they, they have their way of looking for that right person that they can sell and make a lot of money off of. Yeah. I do want to move into the positive. You know, one thing I have to mention here, and you, you mentioned the branding tattoos, and that's one of the services that you guys provide, which is, again, just blows my mind. Um, yeah. The part of a service that you provide is removing those tattoos. Um, yeah, we have a company out of Atlanta that help, will, will help with that. Um, mm. And it's a process uh, to get sure. that done. And sometimes there may be a tattoo that has to be covered with another tattoo. Right. Um, depends yeah. on the problem and how big it is. But yes, because the reminder just causes con- continual uh, trauma. And you know, Mike, yeah. before we get into too much of the positive, I did want to say that out of all the trafficking in the state of Alabama, they did learn through a study that they did with the University of Alabama and with um, uh, other entities that 57% of the people trafficked in our state were indeed minors. So if it's in Alabama, can you imagine? Yeah. So anyway, I wanted you to know. I thought that was important for people to note. Well, and I I found last night, too, on that same note, um, a a website called worldpopulationreview.com. I don't know how legitimate it is. I think... It appeared to be pretty legitimate to me, but they had um, human trafficking statistics by state Mm -hmm. and ranked, um, you know, per capita and also the numbers. And I I was just astounded at really how prevalent this is and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what's happening here in my state and in your state. And I believe D.C. was uh, a really high, like the number one area. Um, But, you know... uh, I, I just I think the the purpose of this podcast is not to scare people. It is to make sure people are aware of this, yes. and um, you know schools and I mean right down the line just to be aware of what's going on and to help our kids to understand that you know we we talked about the pornography and how that is dangerous, but no one ever thinks about this being you know meshed with that and and it really is i mean it, it's it's part yeah. of the reason why this is such a, a huge multi-billion dollar industry yeah. um we don't need industries like this in the u.s or, or around not. the world and, and they're and so we need to teach our we need to we need to put our arms around well I, maybe that wouldn't be the right word but we need to be for people to be able to feel like instead of shaming them that they have people that they can talk to, especially in their churches, with their addiction to yeah. pornography. We've got to yeah. address that. There's things yeah. besides just trafficking that we need to address. I do a lot of training um, in Save a Life, too. They are um, they have people coming in that want to have an abortion, and they talk to them about adoption and how they can help them. So we yeah. do a lot of training there, too, because 
uh, the people I know here, they've seen cases of where the girl was probably trafficked mm -hmm. um, or very, was wow. very highly likely. So abortion is a great, it, that's not always the case, but you just don't know what avenue this person could be intersecting. That's right. So. Yeah, that's right. What are the things that, uh, first of all, we can do to help in this situation? Well, you know, I think one of the first things that we, um, is a positive note, is that we're building a, a fortress of safety, and that's uh, in, in it. Our blanket, our blanket fort has a name, and it's hope. And so that's yeah. how I want you to remember our name is Blanket Fort. I know your kids built blanket forts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so ours has a name, and its name is hope. Um, and so we are offering hope to these children and to these families um, that we hope will be a ripple effect. You know, for every child that we rescue, there could be 10 more that they know. And yeah. it could be that they've been in it a day. It could mean they've been in it for four years. But there's an opportunity here that lives can be saved, yeah. not just physically, but spiritually. Yeah. Um, and so that's where our hope is. And what we live in, we need to remember we live in a fallen world and we have to continually um, rely on our Savior to show us That's next right. steps and what we need to do. And his heart is, he said, it's better to tie a millstone around your neck and drop yourself in the deepest part of the sea instead of harming one of my children. That's right. Um, yeah. And we can find that in Matthew. So we yep. have a big calling here. And so we're following. And I think we're all called to that. So one of the best things you guys can do for us is pray for us. Like mm. literally, you know, put us on your yeah. prayer agenda. Um, our next steps, the housing, you know, staffing. Um, so I think that's exciting that more people will get to know Jesus. And, you know, I finally put on our prayer list. This was so hard for me, Mike, but I mean, God really just like spanked me about it. He's like, Alexa, think about this. I saved <laughs> you, um, that we have now we put on there that, that the pimps and these perpetrators will come to know Jesus because Jesus died for all of our sins. Wow. Yeah. And, that's and, so true. Yeah. But can you imagine the ripple effect from that. That's right. I yeah. mean, that that you get one or two of these guys saved and are women and what the outcome and how far of a reach that could be. I mean, that could just, and it's, this isn't, this isn't delusional. This is God's word. You know, this is, my heart is that the hearts of mankind all over will know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. That I believe is our first calling. This is a piece yeah. that we have to do because of the sin nature of, of, of men and women in the world. Yeah. But people, we want people to come to know who Jesus is, and that will wipe this sin out. Yeah. You know, so that's our main calling here. And I don't want people to forget that, that we deal with sin all day, every day. But if we can start attacking from a spiritual point of view, we, that's part of the win. Yeah. Yeah, you know, to, to say that you want one of these pimps to— Accept Christ. It's almost counterintuitive to our it, nature. It, it took me three years to put them on the on my prayer yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but you know, really, I'm no different than they are. I mean, I may not have the the crime list that they've got, but right. the heart of man is wicked, and and uh, it's only through uh, the grace of Jesus Christ that we can approach Him. And uh, who are we to say that they're not? Uh, we know we talked so much over the past few podcasts about getting cleaned up before we come to Jesus, and that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. No. So uh, that's that's a great uh, – yeah, that's a big prayer. That's a tough prayer, but it it's realistic. It is a big prayer, but that's, that's going to be saving our kids too. 
you know, right. because the, yeah. the, the fewer we have on the streets, the better off our kids are going to be. Absolutely. And the more that yeah. we can get to come out and speak out about what their side of the story is and how it works, then the more yeah. insight we're going to have on what that person looks like, this trafficker looks like. Yeah. Um, so that we, we all have the same predis, um, predisposition to right. sin if it weren't for the blood of Jesus Christ and his mercy and yeah. grace. Um, yeah. So that's I, I got kind of knocked on the head about that, and I butted it, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But it's the truth. It's God's word. <laughs> Especially as a dad, I can't. That, that just that would be so hard, but it's so true. And, and yeah. that just, uh, yeah, that's yeah, a, it's pretty amazing. I'm a mom, and I've got, you know, I've got a grandchild now. Uh, yeah. Both, and, yeah. you know, so I'm, he, he knows everything I can tell him as much as I can tell him, you know, without yeah. it. Uh, but it's it. I think about it all the time because even with bullying, there's so much online bullying now mm-hmm. that that's another way these kids get depressed. Sure. They start looking for somebody to love them. And there's, um, you know, a way for these guys to um, track the words lonely, sad, depressed, want to be loved, yeah. you know, and they start humming in on those kids and start telling them how wonderful they are and how beautiful they are before you know it, they're in love with them. And so, right. you know, that's another thing, you know, it's it, some of this, we just have so much, um, we have more control of it than we think that we do when our, with our kids, you know, just kind of knowing where they are, what they're doing. and Yeah, and you know, just what you said there just kind of sparked a, a thought in me of, of really, maybe the first thing we can do, of course, is to pray about this situation, but just to love those around us. I mean, I'm I'm connected with uh, sports teams and, um, you know, I'm I'm able to connect with my kids' teammates um, because of being a parent and how Mm -hmm. we can, you know, we feed them after games and we do things like that and we connect with them and and to reach out to them and and help them to know in a healthy way that they're loved, that they matter. Um, that's a great first start as well because it's, there's it's always a, the kid. It's a game changer. It, it is, yeah. There's always the kid that, uh, and and it's probably more than than not, mm-hmm. the kids that are feeling insecure and and unloved. And I think we all go through that through the adolescent stage. And and yeah. to let them know that they they matter to us, I think, is a great first step as well. Well, every child feels misunderstood. We know. I mean, sure. I, I yeah. can remember when I started feeling that way, and I had a great family. Yeah, right. Um, and so there is, you know, it's a, don't don't tell me what to do until you love me and feed me. Mm, when you yeah. love me and feed me and want to take care of me, then I can listen to you. But I can't listen that's to right. you before then. So I that's think that's right. a, what you're saying is absolutely is biblical, you know, yeah. for you to do that. You're, you're loving these people. Um, it's yeah. just an example of Christ. You know, he would he didn't go down shaking his finger at people. He loved them. That's right. And we've got to be less. We've got to be less judgmental and. Yeah. Um, and I, we will learn that through spending more time with Christ as well. You know, mm. he'll he'll teach us that how to be That's that person. Right. We don't have to make ourselves be that way. Jesus will will make us that way. He'll help us become that way because we fall in love with Him. Absolutely. You know, yeah, so that, that's that. a beautiful part of it is I don't have to learn how to do it. He'll just help me. Yeah. You know, it's right. not up to us. It's up to God. That's what I tell him. It's up to you, God. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, Alexa, I hope that this conversation has helped people that are listening to understand just how widespread the problem is. 
and what to look for and how we can help, even just on that basic level of loving those people around us and, and yes. caring for them, watching out for them. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention before we close here? No, I would love for you guys to visit our website, uh, you know, at blanketforthope.org, and learn more about us. The bluecampaign.com is a, or it's just called Blue Campaign. If you Google that, that's the national, that's the national information through DHS on what's going on in trafficking. You can gain a lot of information there, which is great, great information. You know, we've got a big 5K race coming up, and I know we have people from all over listening to this, but it's a great yeah. opportunity if you like to run uh, since September. You'll be seeing all that on Facebook and on our website. These will be great ways to get involved with who we are and what we're doing. And, you know, pray for us as we're getting ready for this next step to build this crisis center. It's going to take a lot of prayer and funding. Um, yeah. So just y'all can really dig in and pray for us that way. Yeah, you're located in Birmingham, Alabama, but you know we we can uh, we can be uh, supporting you through just just simply following you and um, on social media, um, visiting your website mm-hmm. to find find a way that that we can engage in this because it's a, a problem that we can all help to correct. And um, it, yeah, it, and one who's life to say matters. you can't have a five k and you can have a five k in Ohio for blankets right. and our five k is called Hold the Fort. Hold, Hold the, the Fort five k. Yeah, have one all over the United States. We'd love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Well, there's there are plenty of opportunities to help. And uh, Alexa James, we thank you so much for being with us and uh, for giving us this tremendous insight into the problem that is so widespread. And we love what you're doing. Thank you so much for the hard work that you do. And uh, we will be praying for you guys. We'll be praying that this big project gets off the ground thank and you. that we we see so many rescued from this and will yes. come through the, through your doors and, and find healing and hope. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I always love talking about the purpose and plan that God has for these kids. And that's exactly what's going on here. So we would love to have you back and give us an update sometime. Yes, we'd love that too. Thanks, Alexa. Thank you. Well, that is all some sobering information. I hope that you learn something and you're more aware of what to look for in trafficking, what trafficking is, and how we can start opening up our eyes and being more aware of that. I want to remind you to share this with your friends. If you know of parents, grandparents, or teens that really could use this information, and I think all of us could, please let them know about this. Well, again, next week we'll be talking to Scott Hamilton about his struggles with cancer and all the challenges that he's faced over the years. We hope that you will be with us. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Mic, Conversations of Hope.